Hi, I'm Latresa. And I'm Clancy. And we are a mother-daughter duo that shares a love and admiration for all things Elvis. On this podcast, you can expect a deep dive into the life of Elvis Presley. We will discuss books written by Elvis's friends, family members, and others who knew him best. We will critique and enjoy Elvis movies, concerts, and music with those who grew up listening to his music, watching his movies, enjoying his concerts, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of Elvis fans along the way. With all the misconceptions surrounding Elvis, we want to remember his life and his legacy. The man, the friend, the entertainer, and the philanthropist. This podcast is dedicated to those of us who celebrate the life of one of the greatest entertainers of all times. Let's Talk Elvis! Hey guys, it's Clancy and Latresa. And welcome back to the Let's Talk Elvis podcast. Today, I'm really excited about this episode. When we started this podcast, we knew we wanted to talk about, obviously, important people in Elvis's life, times in Elvis's life, and movies and books. And we covered Love Me Tender last time, which was Elvis's very first movie, but today we're going to cover Jailhouse Rock. So, I'm going to start out by reading the synopsis, which is, a young man, Vince Everett, played by Elvis Presley, is convicted of manslaughter after being drawn into a bar fight while trying to defend a woman. In prison, Everett finds salvation when his cellmate, a country singer named Hunk Hofton, Mickey Sonessi, I probably butchered that last name pronunciation but you know here's him sing and pegs him as a future star once released everett gets a job in a nightclub and meets peggy van alden played by judy tyler a young woman who works for a record company and who like hofton also sees talent in everett the release date was october 17th 1957 the movie was originally titled they played around with several titles um it was the hard way the jailhouse kid ghost of a chance and then finally jailhouse rock and i read in my research that um it was titled jailhouse kid because they wanted to distinguish it from some of the other rock and roll movies that were being made at the time like Rock Pretty Baby, Don't Knock the Rock, 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 Rock. So they were trying not to make another movie with the title Rock in it. Right. But after uh, Lieber and Stoller's song, Jailhouse Rock, they knew that that had to be the title of the song, of the the movie. And also the dance sequence for Jailhouse Rock. Um, It's it's been cited, often been cited as Elvis, as as his greatest moment on screen. And it's definitely one of the greatest moments on screen. Uh, Richard Thorpe was hired to be the director. And he had the reputation for not doing retakes, but he actually did uh, more than one retake of the dance sequence. And, um, and it was, um, 
The songs for the whole movie were commissioned by Mike Stoller and Jerry Lieber, and um, they were asked to come to New York in April, and they considered it basically a vacation. They were taking in all of the sights and and uh, just having a big old time, and uh, they were confronted in their hotel room by Gene Aberbach. He is the director and one of the owners of Hill and Range Publishing. And um, he basically locked them in their hotel room by blocking the door with a sofa. And um, they couldn't come out until they had the songs for the movie. And in five, House Rock, I Want to Be Free, Treat Me Nice, and You're So Square. And so I thought that was really cool. In five hours, those those songs are all so good. And they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've talked about it before. Um, I actually, I I haven't watched Loving You in so long. And uh, we actually purchased it when we went to um, Graceland the last time. And I have not been able to find it. I don't know where I put it. Um, It may be in some of your stuff. But I would really like to rewatch it. But uh, Love Me Tender, we talked about how the songs basically made sense and flowed like it wasn't yeah. like he's just in a sports car and breaks into a song or whatever. Um, this movie was the same way. He was the singer. And all of the songs made sense. And these these are some of the better songs for movies. Um, Lieber and Stoller, this is when they first started out. And these songs were really good. I really enjoyed them. That was what I was going to say. When I was watching it, I didn't even realize several of the songs that were on. Like, I didn't remember. It's been so long since I'd seen it. What songs were on the movie. And I didn't remember Young and Beautiful. I mean, I thought, man. Some of his really great songs that I love to listen to are from this movie. From this movie. That's exactly I had no idea. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I read that uh, producers would mark Elvis's scripts where songs might be included. And then the scripts were sent to a number of songwriters who would try to come up with something that fit the scenes and worked for Elvis. Exactly. Which I think, you know, as the movies went on and they kind of got sillier. You know, oh, yeah. I don't know how uh <laughs> oh yeah I don't know how great the songwriters were I think a lot of I think I actually have read where a lot of like script writers would write the song so I had no idea what, what oh, yeah. um songwriting was about they would just write the songs because then they would make some money also off the songs and not just off the movie exactly so this was actually you know this was his third movie so you had Mike Stoller and Jerry Lieber, who are incredible songwriters that, so that, I mean, it makes sense why these are, these songs are standalone on their own outside of the movie. Exactly. I read, I got most of my information in case anyone was wondering and wanted to read from Elvis, My Best Man uh, by George Klein, who if you go back and re-listen or listen to our Memphis Mafia episode, George Klein was a friend of Elvis's from uh, back in high school and was part of the Memphis Mafia until Elvis's death. So I read all of his accounts. He was working in with Elvis when he filmed Jailhouse Rock. So he said that uh, Lieber and Stoller were present in the room when Elvis recorded their songs, which was pretty rare. Most of the time, the songwriters were not there when Elvis would record their songs, but they were at this time. And they weren't thrilled to be working uh, with Elvis. 
But once they saw how hard he worked and how many artists that they had in common, they got to talking and talking about all of the musicians that they liked at the time. And they had Ray Charles in common and a few others. And after that, after they saw how Elvis, how he was such a hard worker and how what they had in common, they began to work as a powerhouse team. Exactly. Um, And after everyone saw Elvis record Jailhouse Rock, which was recorded in one day, and they heard the results, uh, they immediately threw Jailhouse Kid out for the name of the movie, and Jailhouse Rock was in. Exactly. And uh, talking about the writers of songs, uh, the colonel insists that all of Elvis's songs uh, give him a percentage of the royalties. And so when that word got out, it really made it hard um, it was uh, that was a deterrence. People, it, it, people were not really interested in um, working with Elvis because of that. So the colonel had a hand in that too, and um, and that really really hindered things. Um, yeah. But from the beginning of Elvis's film career, we were talking about his films and talking about his songs and things. Uh, the colonel claimed that he didn't want to involve himself in the film career because he didn't know anything about it. But in truth. He was um, listed as the technical advisor for every film that Elvis made. And so he actually did have a hand in every movie, every song, everything that Elvis did. And uh, he told the producers not to bother with sending him the scripts. And he was even quoted as saying in 1964 in an issue of Variety, he was quoted as saying, give me a million dollars and you can have him shoot the phone book if you were crazy enough, which I Mm -hmm. thought was very derogatory. I didn't like that statement. That was, was, and um, he knew Elvis wanted better scripts. Exactly. I mean, Elvis made it known. Everyone close to him knew that he hated the movies that he was making, especially around that time period. 64 was when they were getting pretty silly. Exactly. It it really was. And, you know, there he goes to say he really he didn't care. That didn't matter to him. What mattered yeah. to him was the, the almighty dollar and yeah. something else. The most of the information that I found was in the Gladys and Elvis book. Um, and um, and there was a, a chapter on Jailhouse Rock in the book. And that's where I got most of my information. Um, and. You're coming off of, um, well, you had Love Me Tender, and then you have um, Loving You. Both of those movies had done very well. Then you have Jailhouse Rock. Now, in um, Love Me Tender, you know, he he had a, um, he wasn't the star. Of course, they made him the star because everybody, that was the reason everybody wanted to see the movie. Um, and so they really realized that Elvis was uh, marketable on screen and um, in the recording studio. But uh, they were trying to clean up his act. And um, he, you know, Elvis, this in the in this movie, we've already talked about the fact that he is um, a young man who's accused of murder or he does. He commits murder. He murders someone with his hand on his bare hands, which when I'm watching the film, to me, it was self-defense. The guy started the uh, the fight. I 
that yeah. should have been more realistic. I was not I really. I, I thought that was ridiculous that they he was put in jail for being in a fight when the man actually started the fight and he was protecting a woman. Yeah. Anyway, um, but in the movie, he is found guilty of murder and he spends time in the state penitentiary. And then when he gets out, he becomes a rock star. In Loving You, um, the film basically um, has a court scene where they are trying to justify the uh, rock and roll uh, in in for young people that that it's okay and at this time Elvis was such a controversial figure um, he had been banned in places all over the country after a concert in Corpus Christi Texas rock and roll was actually outlawed um, he was banned from the airwaves in a town in Wisconsin and a teenage boy threw a rock in the window of the radio station with a note that said, I'm a teenager, play Elvis Presley or we tear up the town. In Bennington, Vermont, the high school PTA loved me tender on Christmas Day because of what they thought Elvis represented. And then a month before he started filming Jailhouse Rock, he was egged during a performance in Philadelphia. And I had never heard that. I didn't know that either. And in Nashville, uh, someone had hung a dummy up in blue jeans um, and they had phony money hanging out of the pocket. And they had called an ambulance and the dummy was taken to the funeral home. And there was a crowd of several hundred people that were cheering, um, mocking Elvis. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of things going Why on. Why would they uh-huh. take the dummy to the funeral I home? did not understand that. That's exactly what it said. So I, I, I have to assume that it was some kind of a prank. Like, I mean, they were in on it and, and took it as a, as a, joke you know that it wasn't it may have not even been an, an actual angle. any sense it doesn't make any sense i totally agree but i did read that that's exactly what i read i wrote it down word for word um so i'm figuring it was just you know they were just kind of mocking like a you know not not a real ambulance or whatever uh, but there was a vigorous cleanup uh, campaign the pr was desperate to portray um elvis as a God-fearing, close-knit, loving family boy, um, and they—it—it um, it was kind of questionable, which I had never thought about it. And it ended up being one of his best movies. But no one knew that Vernon had served time in prison. Yeah. So knowing that, it makes you more—you uh, know—it—it it, it puts a whole different light on the story but elvis knew yeah and so you've got him playing an ex-con when his dad is actually an ex-con and at the time they were really concerned that this would come out um so this was something they were trying really hard as a family to keep um under wraps and in the movie actually in the elvis movie the the latest movie of Elvis at some point Elvis says something about like taking up for his dad it's just one little part where he says something about dad didn't do anything wrong or something to that effect about you know there he, he's taking up for his dad and he makes a reference to that um, 
So um, anyway, to think that Jailhouse Rock was the film and apparently they had come clean with the colonel and the colonel knew about this. So um, technical advisor had a lot to do with the film Jailhouse Rock. And, um, and in the chapter that I was reading, it talks about how, um, and we've, we've seen in, in several things dealing with the colonel, that the fact that he was a practical joker. And practical meant that there was a purpose to mm-hmm. his joking. And he always placed the receiver of his joke as a victim uh, or... Um, to either put him at a disadvantage or to humiliate him in public. So having Elvis play a jailbird and Elvis was the exact same age that Vernon was when he went to jail in the movie. Um, And Elvis cellmate in the movie um, served 18 years. And the time of this film, uh, Vernon had been out of jail exactly 18 years. Now I find this really hard to believe that's coincidence. Yeah. And now Elvis was what, 22? Yes. Yes. And so, you know, why didn't they say 20 years or 15 years? I mean, 18 years, that's just a little, that's just a little bit too close. Um, But, um, but it, 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 um, in the book, it was basically talking about how Parker used this film as glue because it kept Elvis stuck to him to help protect the secret of Vernon's prison stint. And I thought that was, I thought that was really, um, really interesting. Um, the Colonel was strategic in every move that he made. And we know that, oh, yeah. um, but Elvis was very reluctant to do the film. Um, it put a tremendous strain on him. Um, and, um, when they first started filming, I think you were talking about the studio when the, when they first started filming, you want to share that? Yeah. Um, so during the making of the movie, MGM, which was the production company was trying to save some money. And rather than have Elvis record at a studio, they had him record on a movie lot soundstage. And Elvis did not like that at all. It made him very uncomfortable. He preferred to record in small spaces. He liked intimate spaces. He didn't like, he didn't care about big fancy things. He wanted it. He wanted to feel something in the recording studio. And that's something that he learned really from Sam Phillips. He believed that rock and roll should be recorded in small spaces. So he, the first day, like I said, they did jailhouse rock and, killed it it was amazing second day he came in and he sat down at the piano to warm up singing some gospel songs because gospel music was his favorite and most of the time if he was at his house or just jamming with friends there was going to be gospel music sang. that was what he loved to just sit down and sing and so he started singing some gospel songs well then he called the Jordanaires in who sang back up with him And had them come sing gospel songs. Well, four hours had passed by and they had not recorded a single Jailhouse Rock track. So they break for lunch and 
During lunch, the studio heads went to the Jordanaires and said, hey, if Elvis goes and sits back down at the piano, I don't want you guys going over there because we've got to get, we're wasting time. We've got to get some Jailhouse Rock tracks recorded. So they come back from lunch and Elvis goes and sits back down at the piano and the Jordanaires don't go over there. And he's like, what are you guys doing? Come sit down. They say, we can't. And he's like, why not? And they said, well, they told us that not to sing any more gospel songs with you, that we need to start singing Jailhouse Rock tracks. And he said, I pay your check. I say we sing gospel. Let's sing gospel. So they went back and sang gospel. Five o'clock rolled around, which was quitting time. They had not recorded a single Jailhouse Rock track. And George Kahn said that Elvis was furious all the ra- all the way back to the hotel, which at the time, in the early days, he would stay at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel in the presidential suite. And when they got there, he started playing pool. And they said he just kept getting madder and madder and madder. And he would try to do it with some trick shots, but he would end up hitting the ball so hard that they would fly off the pool table and hit something in the hotel room and break it until he had used all of the pool balls, broke mirrors, paintings, furniture, etc. And George Klein ended up calling the colonel and telling him what happened. And the colonel uh, called the hotel and said that the boys had had a party and trashed the hotel room and they would pay for any damages. So if you ever hear of Elvis trashing a hotel room, that was the story behind that. He did not like people controlling his music, even if it was just for a movie. Exactly. Um, And and this movie, um, because of, we've already discussed, you know, the sensitivity uh, because of of his background. Yeah, all of that makes even more sense now. It does. Knowing everything with the movie. So if you know that that background and then you they're tampering with his music, mm-hmm. I mean, you can absolutely see how he would lose his temper. Not that I condone, you know, trashing hotel right, room, exactly. but, but you can absolutely see where that was the the last straw. Exactly. And, and he lost it. Well, and in, in the book that I read, Shelley Winters, who is a, uh, an actress, and she was a friend of Elvis's, and he would go over to her house while he was filming, and she said he would call his mom, and he would complain that he didn't like the film, he didn't like what he was doing, he didn't like Hollywood, um, he didn't like the colonel. Um, and he and never then, did like Hollywood. I and never uh, and this is early on. I mean, this yeah. is this is really early on, and um, I'm sure there was a lot of insecurity there and things too. Um, and according to Shelley, when he would hang the phone up, he would tell her that his mom said just to do what the colonel told him to do. Um, and so he was not happy with that. But you know, um, it was he he basically there again. You know, he had to do whatever he was told to do. Um, yeah. But something else that was really um, something very significant in the film is um, a week after the film wrapped up in June of 57, um, he learned that his co-star in the film, Judy Tyler, um, she was a newlywed and she and her husband were killed in a car crash on July the 3rd in Wyoming. Um, And she had... um, 
played his business partner and his love interest in Jailhouse Rock. Beautiful, beautiful girl. Yeah. And and she did a great job. Um, and Elvis was devastated. Um, at this time in his life, he was quoted as saying, nothing has hurt me as bad in my life. And as you watch the film, knowing that she passed away right after, I mean, just yeah. a week or so after they wrapped up filming, you can imagine how the how how um how it did affect him and and I know as a young person um well with my graduating class the first time the first uh, person that we lost in our class how devastating a young person to lose a young person yeah. in your life it just makes it more real and yeah. this was this was very uh this was very disturbing to him and he considered he wanted to go to her funeral but he was afraid that he would disrupt the service which he would have um but he did not go to the premiere um that they had in Memphis um he did not go to the premiere he and his parents did go and watch a private screening and i'd say it was very emotional for him uh, sure, the film yeah. was actually released 3 months after she had passed away and um and he and i was i've read in several places that he never watched the movie again uh, because of her death wow. but um, but it was a low budget film it was filmed in black and white um and um, it was um, it was one of uh, Elvis's most successful movies. He earned eight point really... six million dollars. Wow! And it actually ranked as fifth among his top earning films. Wow! I really think you, like I said, we talked about about Love Me Tender. I think it really shows his acting skills as well. This one, I mean, he I had to. He had anger, had to have anger issues, and he was just kind of like a full of himself. Oh, yes. He was very cocky. Yeah. 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 He was. I mean, once again, he he really was a great actor. He really was. I I agree. Yeah, he really, I mean, you know, he's just really a jerk in most of the movie. Oh, there were a few things that I thought were, um, were, interesting about the film um elvis's band was in the film if you if you look when he is in jail singing or in prison singing songs you've got scotty bill uh, dj fontana they're all playing with him and then mike solar played the piano um and so they His were band in, was in there quite a bit really when he yeah they but they, it was the same band members every uh-huh. time he played it was really cool if you, looked, wonder, you could see the same band members i wonder uh, when i was watching if that if that was uh, his actual band members it it was and then mike stoller played the piano and also one thing that i had read uh, one time and i always look for it when he is singing uh, you're so square he's out by the pool yeah. And if you look very carefully while he is, is uh, singing that song, if you watch the band, if you look at Scotty Moore, who's playing the guitar, part of the uh, song, he does not have sunglasses on. And there's a couple of times that he does have sunglasses. So you can oh, tell they did more than one, one, 
okay. more than one cut. Yeah, I'm gonna have to cut. go back and rewatch it now. Yeah, it's really cool. You have to really watch, uh, and it'll show him with the sunglasses, and then it'll go away, and then you know, it'll show something else, and then when it goes back, he doesn't have them on, and then he'll have them on again. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that, that it's like that. Well, George Klein, whose book I got all my information from, he makes a few cameos in the apartment. Uh, he does throwing those parties, but I feel like probably the one of the most iconic scenes of any Elvis movie of Elvis's career. I guess that's still pretty viral to this day. I mean, it's on T-shirts. You see it all the time. Is the dance scene. Oh, yes. Elvis really, really dreaded the dance scene. The choreographer was Alex Romero, and he was given one day to teach Elvis the steps. And he, so Elvis went in, they they were at a dance studio, and he, uh, he showed him the routine that he had, and Elvis said, I can't do that. It's just not me. I'm not, I'm a rock and roll guy. I can't move like Gene Kelly. Well, Alex wanted him to try it, so he tried, and he was right, and it was not good at all. And he just couldn't make Alex's moves seem natural for him. He wasn't a routine kind of guy. When Elvis danced, it was how the music made him feel. It was like he couldn't help it. So Alex had George Klein, who was at the, uh, I guess, practice. He had him go get Elvis's record. And he had a sound system and a microphone brought over. And he had Elvis pretend that he was on stage to see what moves he would use. So George Klein played Don't Be Cruel and All Shook Up. And Elvis did his thing, did his most popular moves. Um, And the next day, Alex Romero went through the new dance sequence that he had came up with after watching Elvis uh, pretend he was on stage. And... He had to fit it into a routine that fit what needed to be done in the scene and both what fitted Elvis perfectly. And Elvis said, that's me, man. I can do that all day long. So Elvis actually ended up doing it even better than Romero, according to George Klein, and would add a few new moves here and there that felt right to him and fine-tune the sequence to get it ready for filming. But uh, when filming day came around, Elvis for the film would was wearing uh, cosmetic dental caps, and when they were filming the sequence, uh, he got a dental cap actually hung in his lung. And at the time, the studio had their own doctors and dentists, and Elvis went to their dentist, and they said that they just thought Elvis had swallowed the cap and it would work its way out, and he was fine. But Elvis knew that it felt wrong, and he he told the colonel how much pain he was in. So the colonel halted production, and Elvis was rushed to the hospital for X-rays, where they found out that it was actually stuck in his lung, and they had to ha- he had to have it suctioned out of his lung. So, in a funny story, he had actually at this very same time paid for George Klein to have a nose job done. So, George wasn't there when they they recorded, or they were filming the dance sequence, but he was recovering in the hospital from his nose job, and he got a call from Elvis, and he asked how it went, and Elvis said, well, I'm in the hospital, too, and he, <laughs> he told him the story. He was in another hospital in Hollywood, 
And George said, I knew that he was feeling better because the last thing he said to me was, hey, GK, what are the nurses look like over there? Oh, my gosh. That's that thought was hilarious. That's funny. Wondering about the nurses. Yeah, that's funny. But this is one of my favorite films. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, the the music and and I liked um, I liked his relationship when he was finally nice to Peggy. Um, yeah. One other thing is um, that he had two hound dogs um, as his pets. Yeah, uh, which was kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of little Easter eggs, I guess you could say, in in it when you when you're yeah. looking. Yeah, for sure. Also, I have one more story that I had to share because it's one of the reasons that reading stories like this is one of the reasons I love Elvis so much. So Elvis had to wear a few different wigs. If you watch the movie, obviously they have to shave his hair for prison. So he had a prison cut and he had a regular cut. Well, the prison cut was actually a wig because they they didn't cut his hair. He didn't get his hair cut until he went into the army. Not short like that anyway. Right. So. Yeah. Um, he had to wear a few different wigs, and there was a barber at the studio who was working to fit Elvis's head with the mesh that he would wear under the 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 prison wig. And while he was working on it, he accidentally cut out a chunk of Elvis's hair. And of course, he was so apologetic and felt awful. And the head makeup guy, whose name was William Tuttle. Elvis would call him Wild Bill because he was super calm, never really could get him riled up or anything. He was just very calm all the time. Well, he wasn't so calm this time. He was chewing the barber out. And Elvis didn't want the barber to be fired. He knew if he made a big deal out of it, the barber would be fired immediately. So he said, look, Mr. Tuttle, it was an honest mistake. This guy's just trying to do a good job. Just cover it up the best you can. And I love that. I mean, that would be hard if I was if I was getting my hair done and someone accidentally chopped up or you know cut a chunk out. It would be hard not to freak out. It would, yes. And the fact that Elvis had all the power to just have this guy fired right on the spot, but he chose to be kind and exactly and just look the other way. Uh, I love that. It, it's oh, like I said, it, it makes me love him even more to read when I read stuff like that. Yes, me too. But I, I was, I, I think I don't know that I can say that this is one of my favorite movies, but I, I do enjoy this movie. I don't really like his character because he is so cocky and yeah, has such a bad attitude. But as far as the songs, the acting. It actually has a storyline. I think I think it's a great movie, and I I forgot how much I loved it. Yeah, I that was one of the one of the reasons that it is one of my favorites. Is like the the singing had purpose, I guess you could say, or whatever, yeah. and it did have a good storyline. Um, you know, he is very cocky, but in the end, he realizes his lesson. Yeah, and and he he turns out to be hopefully he turns out to be a pretty good guy. Um, yeah, it, he appears to anyway. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I've got. Is that all you've got? That's all I've got. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you learned some cool stuff about Jailhouse Rock that you didn't know. If you know any more that we didn't mention, please 
message us and let us know. Our yeah. Instagram is at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. And please, please uh, get the word out about our podcast. And um, if you haven't already, like and subscribe. Um, we love to read your uh, sweet reviews on our uh, Apple podcast page. So if you feel like leaving a review, we'll read it on our next episode. And uh, make sure you tune in and follow us, our TikTok and Instagram at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye.